Transcending the Veil. Welcome, Jiska, uh, for another round on our Transcending the Veil podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> you too. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, again, would you give a short introduction uh, where you are now, uh, what what's happening in your life and what made you to move? I believe you are in Egypt now, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I live in uh, Egypt, but specifically in the in the mountains of uh, Sinai. So uh, it's a very beautiful environment, and I live in a small Bedouin town here. Um, but before I came here, I've been kind of yeah, I've been traveling, uh, having a nomadic life for ten years. Um, so I left the Netherlands uh, when I was 26, and I went to different countries, uh, having different experiences. And but Egypt always was a place for me where I somehow felt at home. Um, I also studied Egyptology in university. Oh. So uh, when I was little, I always had a big fascination for ancient Egypt and. Um, and at the same time, I was someone that wanted to have a different kind of life, but I didn't know how. So kind of out of rebellious, uh, out of rebellion, sorry, <laughs> I chose to study Egyptology um, because I didn't want to, you know, follow the mainstream. Um, and um, yeah, like... I don't, I, I'm not working in Egyptology, like it was only the, the university years and then it was done for me. Um, but the country itself, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's really, it stays, stayed special for me. And mm. it always called me back, you know, to go there. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you think, um, have you explored like the concept of past lives? Um, in terms of your interest in Egyptology and now living there, do you think there's somehow a, a connection to what you might have experienced in other lives? Um, definitely. Uh, that's very interesting because there was a period of my life that I really wanted to know, like, why am I so connected to Egypt? And I uh, went to many temples I, I and, and many times I even lived for a while in Luxor in the, where oh. there are many temples, ancient Egyptian temples, um, just to kind of understand, you know, my connection to this ancient times. And uh, I was, but in the end, I was just craving to get visions or understanding of what this connection was. But it never happened. <laughs> it just never happened. And that was kind of frustrating in the beginning. Um, but now, also with my whole understanding of human design, I understand it's it's not important for me uh. to really know what it is, you know, and to have this idea of, oh, like in an, in another body, in another life, you know, I might have been a priestess or... Uh, you know, in a temple, it's it's not important for where yeah. I'm at now. Yeah, I only know that I feel good here, and that's that's enough. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. just staying yeah. in the here and now. Yeah, experiencing yeah. what yeah. is. Exactly, and then maybe I will find out later on in my life. But yeah, it's all good. <laughs> right. Yeah. So coming back to the human design, which is going to be the the main topic of this conversation. Uh, do you want to share what your profile is and how it has affected your life so far? All right, yeah. So uh, my type, my human design type is a manifestor. My profile is 5-1 and my authority is splenic. So I'm a splenic manifestor 5-1 in that right. order. Yeah, yeah. And I am a generator. And um, how do you see there are four main types, right, in human design? Types. Exactly. And yeah. how do they how do the generator and the manifest differ? What is the difference between them? 
Okay, so yeah, so there are four different aura types and, and the aura is the way you interact with the world around you. Um, so the aura of a generator, it's open and enveloping. So it's kind of open to everything that's around uh, you in the, in the world. And it also works like a magnet. So it's constantly kind of pulling situations in and people in. Um, so for the generator, um, the basic key is actually to respond to everything that's coming to you. So that's the, the, the strategy of the generator, right? Um, for the manifester, it's a very different story. So the aura of the manifester is closed and repelling. Um, so, and, and that has its uh, function. Uh, in, in the beginning, when, I, when you hear this, me, especially me as a manifester, oh, I'm closed, like, and nobody will come to me. It's very difficult to approach me. But when you understand why, uh, you know, it's, it's there to protect you because um, all your um, actions come from within. It comes from within the manifester. So it's not here to respond to things. It just doesn't work. So it's here to really, well, in the end, it, it's, it's not, it, it's coming from within, uh, but it's not that, like, it's not an ego thing that the manifestor is here to initiate. No, it, it still comes from the universe, so to say, from source, mm -hmm. uh, this, this um, initiations. But um, the manifestor cannot, you know, be interfered. <laughs> too much you know so that's why there is this protective aura so it can really deal with things yeah in itself in uh, in him or herself mm -hmm. and then naturally things will come out yeah okay if that makes sense yeah it does it does and one of the things that i'm curious about uh, when i read my own uh profile is mm -hmm. the strategy part um mm -hmm. And for a generator, I think you also mentioned it is uh, to respond. Yeah. yeah. And when I read articles where I research uh, online, I can see that there are many different understandings of what it means to respond. Um, and a, li a little background on, on what I have been doing, uh, I have initiated a lot of uh, uh, let's let's call it uh, businesses. Um, I I try to create um, passive uh, online income. I I have started a couple of uh, e-commerce sites. Uh, unfortunately, it, it was uh, not uh, successful. I I spent a lot of money on it. Okay. Um, and I've really been struggling to find a way to 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 get that kind of online income because i can yeah. see that is for me that is the future i want to live a more free life and so on and then i read my um my my profile the generator profile and then i read also a, a book on uh, highly sensitive people hsp right and that was somehow linked also to my generator profile and in the hsp uh, area it said that uh, there's an entrepreneur in all HSPs, and, and I really felt that during my career as a, uh, as a leader in, in corporate world, but never really understood how to. And then getting back to the strategy to respond, and, and uh, it, for me, it kind of says to respond is to, like, is to wait for the opportunities to arrive, but I, I believe that is perhaps a wrong interpretation of that kind of strategy. Do you want to put some words on, on that? Yeah. Um, so it's it's very subtle, I think, and it works differently for many people. Like, um, But there should be a kind of a stimulants coming from the outside that activate you, that you can respond to. So it's not about thinking like, okay, well, what, what do I want? Um, um, what, what does the world need? But really just looking outside 
just really being out there and see what what is calling you what is what is out there that needs to be done because the generator has all this energy right it has this uh yeah this capacity to to really put something out there to to really follow up on things so um but you need to find out what lights you up you know what what is out there that just makes you feel like yes this is what i want and this is what what i have the energy to do uh, and it come, can come in very subtle things. It's not necessarily someone knocking on your door and saying, well, do you want to do this? Or we need to do this. No, it, it can be very, you know, you just see something in the news or just see an advertising somewhere. Um, and I think that's all about experimenting, you know, like really looking out and see what is lighting you up. And yeah so it's i don't really have this direct answer like okay no, no, that's fine. look it in this way or, or that way it's really you know like what do you feel you are in tune with and uh but it is coming from the outside i think that's most important like okay it's not coming from within so to okay say. okay yeah so, is, so i is don't this know is this strategy different from, uh, for instance, your your profile, the manifest? What, what kind of strategy did you mention there? Um, okay, so my strategy is to inform. Inform, okay. Um, to inform, and that's quite interesting. So the strategy for the generator and the responding part, it's actually part of your mechanism. It's part of your the sacral center you have defined. This, it's the way you're your whole energy works you know it's always responding like it's always going on inside of your energy but for the the manifester the, the informing part it's not part of the the mechanism it's kind of an artificial strategy to yeah just to uh to create less resistance from the outside um because because the manifester has this closed aura people are not really able to read the manifestor. So mm -hmm. every time the manifestor wants to initiate, wants to do something, it can become, can be a shock to people around them and uh, <laughs> a bit overwhelming. So um, <laughs> when the manifestor informs, you know, just informing, okay, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's all good. Uh, then, then the resistance will will be gone from mm -hmm. from the outside and then people will follow along so that's why uh, it's necessary for the manifesto to inform even though that's not so easy <laughs> right yeah right. yeah uh, also in human design uh correct me if i'm wrong but i believe there are uh, like cycles like now i'm i turned 51 yesterday and um i think human design mentions like four different stages or something like that um and and uh, remembering what you mentioned that you moved out of your home country and now uh, staying in Egypt but having a nomadic life until now um yeah. how does how does those life stages do you do you want to say something more about those life stages how they might affect the the profile and how you understand yourself right so um yeah, it, it also has to do, uh, so you say profile, I think you mean type. Type, the, sorry. Yes. Aura type, yep. because you also have the profile in human design. Right. Okay. So those are the, the six numbers, you know, you have huh. two numbers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm a 5-1. Um, 6-3 for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're a 6-3, right. Yeah. Right, so for you, this is very important, um, because the as you have the... Uh, of course, for everyone, it's it's also influenced, but especially for a six three, it's uh, it's very important to understand these cycles. So um, the first cycle, there are uh, also smaller cycles, but I will mention the biggest ones. Um, so you have the sudden return. The sudden return is around. Uh, 30, 27, 30, it, it, it's for everybody different. So this is the first part that uh, 
um, things will change, especially for a six uh, okay. profile. Yeah. Then, um, well, in your 40, when you're 40, 45, you have your Uranus opposition. It's called the midlife crisis in the general terms. Um, around 50, you have your Chiron return. Um, and um, that's uh, when the six actually also again evolves. Right. So if I, I will give this as an example because it's more easy to say. So for a six line, you're a six three. So for a six, the first 30 years of your life, they are, um, they are like a third line and it's called the trial and error phase. So um, maybe you um, maybe you make a lot of so-called mistakes, which are not mistakes, but they are a way to understand life, to understand yourself, uh, um, and that's how that you will use in your further life. Um, then you have the next twenty years, so from thirty until fifty, so to say, it's when you go on the roof. That's um, that's this this stage. <laughs> you kind of withdraw. You you there is this moment of um, yeah meditation, more uh, secluding yourself from society, or at least you you have you, you need this period to kind of make sense out of the first thirty years. You right. know to understand okay what works, what doesn't work. Um, okay, and. Yeah, you settle into that. And then from the age 50, from your Chiron return, which you are entering now, there's this uh, potential to be the role model. So ultimately, the, uh, the last stage is to be the role model when all the wisdom of your life is integrated in yourself and um, you get this kind of aura which draws people in and you can... Uh, yeah, share your wisdom with that, and really, yeah, be that role model for uh, for others. Hmm. Okay. So that those are kind of the stages for the sixth line, and you know, you you can have it as a profile, but um, when you look at all the activations in your chart, um, it's most definitely you always have somewhere a sixth line as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be in your sun or earth imprints but it can be on other activations so we all carry that uh, within us these stages yeah right. yeah um when you mentioned the 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 cycle of, or the stages between 30 and 50 where you were uh what i understood from what you said for me i related it to my my spiritual growth stage mm -hmm. <clears throat> because i started uh examining, exploring life from uh, a much deeper understanding when I was, uh, I think, th 38. And I went on my first ayahuasca trip to Ecuador. Right. And and although I have been, let's say, on, on the spiritual path or know that, that there's more to life than just what we see with our eyes, <clears throat> I've, I've been on that path since I was in my beginning of my 20s, but it wasn't until... I had the opportunity to actually uh, take time off from from work, and uh, I, I didn't have any obligations. So when I was 38 or 39, I went to Ecuador for two weeks and had my first ayahuasca session there, which was amazing. Both uh, <laughs> it ended up being very amazing, uh, but in the beginning, because I'm, I was too much in my mind, and it it took a while for me to to break down that barrier of actually acknowledging that there's more to life than than what what we can see but yeah. it was a beautiful experience and since then since that ayahuasca uh, experience i have been exploring uh, my consciousness with with other plant medicines as well yeah so i really see that if, if that stage between 30 and 50 is this i i believe you mentioned the meditation part or just perhaps yeah. withdrawing a little bit yeah that going within the, yeah Right. That certainly uh, yeah. fills in, in my type, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I don't know if you recognize the first 30 years, it's more about experiencing like the world. The yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I still feel it's, it's in, you know, uh, the, the trial and error part is not over yet. Although you said it's like 31st years. I understand well, it, that, but still, I'm, I'm more mature. I, I, yeah. I'm hoping that I understand my life a little bit better now, but still, yeah. you know, a lot of learnings on the way, right? Well, it's, it's interesting because we have two numbers, right? So we have, you have the six in your personality, but you still have the third in your body. So the, the third line you, you will carry with you your whole life. And that's the trial and error line, so mm-hmm. to say. Okay. So yeah, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> that you still feel that, <laughs> but it's uh, it's not a negative thing, right? It's uh, no. it's actually a very beautiful thing to to really understand, uh, to understand life, and um, yeah, and and it's also beautiful because people with this line they actually carry a lot of re- uh, resilience, so they're very strong people ah. to face things and to to go through things and. Okay, they fall down, but they also get up again. You know, ah, perfect. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was also uh, before we started the recording here. You you mentioned your own spiritual awakening when when you was younger, um, and now you you're probably leading a whole other type of life uh, than you did before. Um, do you want to uh, share what happened, uh, what kind of spiritual awakening you had and, and how it affected your life? Okay. Um, all right. Let's uh, see. Uh, so, um, I think from when I was a teenager, I was, I was looking, I, I was very closed child, very sh- shy. How, people would call me very shy. Oh, and, me too. Um, and um, I always felt a bit stuck in myself. And when I became a student, it, it kind of grew slowly, slowly. This stuckness grew, and like, and but still, knowing somewhere, <laughs> this, it, yeah, there's something more than that. Uh, there's a way to to liberate myself from that. Um, but before that happened, I actually went into, yeah, it was almost three years that I had a depression and an eating disorder. And it was a, a very heavy part of my life. Uh, but of course, looking back on it, that is exactly what needed to happen. You know, somehow mm. I needed to to die or to uh, really go through very low points only for that to, to yeah, to get to this awakening Mm -hmm. um and well you know my my mother is actually really uh amazing person in my life because she 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 also went on her own spiritual journey when she uh became 40 um so she was a kind of inspiration and she did all kinds of stuff and she also sometimes suggested things to me oh maybe you can do this so through her i i already you know I, I went to different therapies and uh, so went to astrologists, uh, numerologists. Um, but when I was 26, it, yeah, she came to me um, with this, uh, there was a kind of summer camp for young spiritual people, highly sensitive people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she saw an ad for this and she thought, oh, maybe it's something for you. And I saw that and I was like, I don't know, it's really called to me, even though, like, I never did something like that before. But I don't know, it just felt right to do that. And um, and I went and (laughs) the third, it was five days. And the first two days were like hell for me because everybody was so like spiritual and very uh, loving and and hugging each other. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not like this. I cannot do this. Yeah. Uh, I felt very, 
closed again. Like mm-hmm. there was a big wall around me. And um, I was almost, I almost left. I was like, I don't want to do this. And then we had a meditation together. Um, and then there's always a sharing circle <laughs> after. And okay, I just decided to speak up and say that I that I felt terrible and I wanted to leave. And the moment I did that, that's when it happens. You know, just to give this openness to, to inform exactly, <laughs> the people yeah. around me. Yeah. Like how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And like, I just opened up and... That's really, yeah, it's, I don't know exactly how it happened. It just happened, but uh, I felt all the love in the world, all the love in the universe and for myself and for all the people around me, for everything. And that, that was my awakening. That was such, such a strong feeling that I really thought this is what I was always looking for, for mm. this kind of love this unconditional love and and then the next days the last days of this uh, this week they were like heaven you know oh, like nice. i was so open and and these people became so important for me and yeah like like to have this experience it's yeah <laughs> and wow. that gave me the confidence you know to really start following my heart my intuition yeah and uh, yeah yeah so did you get any insights about uh, living a, a like a let's let's call it a spiritual life that, that matters more than for instance in my case it was uh, I've worked in the business world and corporate world since I got out of business school uh, mm. but still having that part of me that was very spiritual but not really being able to express it but I, I um, it sounds as if that experience that you had really made you wake up for a more spiritual life. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it, it, it did. So after this week, um, I, I went back to my old job, uh, and my old life, but really something was so, so different. Like I really felt so, open suddenly and so much more relaxed in myself and uh, feeling my own potential and my own beauty and really soon I just realized like oh I need to leave I, I need to quit my job and this is not the world this is not my life I should not have this kind of life it just doesn't suit me it's mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't want to do this and I don't have to it's maybe more this I don't have to oh, yeah. part, this realization, yeah. like there yeah. are other options. Um, so that's what I did. I quit my job very <laughs> soon after and realizing, oh, I, I, then I will give up my apartment. Um, and actually, it was six months later I left the Netherlands. And before that... I uh, joined a few people of of this week, this uh, spiritual week. To uh, yeah, we, we had this idealistic idea to start a kind of project for sensitive young people. All right, you know, to create a place for them where they could be themselves and mm-hmm. they, they could explore themselves without any pressure, you know, from society. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I also did that for a few months, but. I knew, yeah, this was not my way also. Mm-hmm. Like I really needed to leave and feel the freedom on my own. I needed mm-hmm. to have my uh, solitary life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Also, um, you, I believe you have some experience with psychedelics as well. At, yes. what, at what point did you want to explore that? Um, and, and for what reason? Just to understand it, because it might differ yeah. from people to people. Um, let me think. Well, my first time ayahuasca was uh, when was it? 2016. Yeah, 2016. And I already was a few years on my traveling journey, and 
um, I don't even remember <laughs> how did it come. I think uh, I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> like how did it come? It's this first time, I guess I was. Uh, I just got in touch with it somehow, and um, yeah. Well, it. I. I there was a, I was in a relationship um, before that, a very intense relationship. <laughs> um, and that broke up, broke, and we broke up and I went back to the Netherlands for a while and then, then I decided to do it. There was a, a really beautiful group in the Netherlands who were doing ceremonies and, um, yeah, I just signed up. Um, but how I got to there, I don't <laughs> remember. <laughs> no, no, no. Was ayahuasca one of your first uh, encounters with plant medicine? Yeah, yeah. Plant uh, ayahuasca was my first uh, plant medicine. Mm -hmm. Like I never, I, I've always lived kind of a, a pure life. Like I was never interested. For me, plant medicine is uh, very different. It's really a medicine. So I don't want to com compare it to, to alcohol or any other chemical substances. But um, like my teenage years, my student years, I was kind of, it, it wasn't just not my thing. Also marijuana, I was never into that. Um, but I guess I, when I encountered plant medicine, I started, uh, I started to see that, you know, this is not just for rec recreational purposes. It's really mm. to go within yourself and to to really learn about yourself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so ayahuasca was my first time <laughs> yeah. that I did any kind of uh, thing that would change my whole <laughs> way of being. Of course, I drank alcohol before, but... Uh, yeah, well, yeah, me too, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talking about plant medicines, uh, I recently I went to um, a workshop also in, in in the Netherlands, and it was very beautiful, mind-expanding uh, experience. And I really, once again, got really huge respect for the plant medicine and not seeing it as a recreational thing, but really it's something very powerful and. Mm -hmm. invented by something uh, that that gives us an opportunity as humans to dive into ourselves and, and find the, the very deep essence of what we are and why we came here. Yeah. Uh, but I also know uh, from years of experience with other uh, plant medicines that integration part of it is uh, just as, an, as essential. Like how do we actually use this information about ourselves in our daily lives? Because if we don't integrate it, that's my opinion at least, if we don't integrate it, it just becomes another party thing, like an entertainment thing, although you, yeah. you purge and all that. But yeah. how do you, how do you, uh, how have you integrated your experiences with uh, plant medicines? Hmm. Um, or well, or how has it changed the way that, that you live? Well, like, for me, when I think about my plant medicine experience, like ayahuasca, also mushrooms, um, I always feel they, they bring me back to my essence. Like they, they bring me really down in, in my body. You know, for me, it's, it's not like I go out, you know, I'm not getting like uh, spiritual, if I can call it, call it like that, experiences like, Really, um, but it's really bringing me down, which is very spiritual, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and there's this beautiful thing that happens that you are, you can see your mind. You can really just see your mind, what it's doing, how it's talking. And um, those are such valuable experiences, at least for me you know that the mind is really just chatting and it's not saying anything that is actually uh, true or valuable or like important 
you know, maybe it says something that are useful, but um, you don't have, you have to do anything with whatever the mind is saying. And um, that's also something that human design is teaching you, mm -hmm. you know, so those two are very linked. And by having this experience on psychedelics, uh, it's easier in day-to-day -day life, you know, not to follow the mind too much and to take it too seriously. Mm -hmm. So I guess, um, yeah, that is very, uh, that is what it brought me the most, if I can summarize yeah. it. And yeah. Of course, yeah. there are other experiences and more particular to situations in your life, but this is more the bigger picture of it. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Um, and the the different stages of cycles that we talked about earlier, uh, the thirty to fifty-ish, was was that the cycle right? Yeah, 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 thirty and, to fifty. And and with your current age, you would be in that bracket, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think yeah. your experiences with psychedelics has? Uh, it, well, the experience itself is linked to uh, your type or that cycle, but how you perceive and how you have chosen to use that in your life. Have you considered that? Um, well, what what I clearly see is that when I uh, had my awakening, it was actually around my uh, sudden return. Mm -hmm. So this first break of mm -hmm. yeah of of life, like a life change. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel like this also this whole exploration that's part of this second stage of life, mm -hmm. definitely. And for me, psychedelics are a part of that mm -hmm. next to like human design, uh, you know, uh, Vipassana or other things I did as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um and I actually feel like I'm, well, I'm 36, I'm not there yet, but the Uranus opposition, that's like also, again, a big break point. It's around your 40th, 40, 45. Um, so in human design, it's told, it's said that the first 40 years of your life, you are like a child, you know, this is the time to explore, to, to, experience to understand things and you know just to to taste life and then after that you uh, uh, you will have the potential to put really out there what you're meant to do what is mm -hmm. your purpose then mm -hmm. it will really yeah become present so the, and I, I feel like last year something changed in me like I feel much calmer and more focused somehow. And um, yeah, so I'm slowly moving towards this phase now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. But again, mm -hmm. maybe in my mind is just <laughs> trying to make sense of all these different things. But, yeah, you know, it, it helps. It helps, you know, to, yeah. yeah, just to see whatever is happening in your life. Yeah. yeah, I have I have been in the corporate world for yeah well since I was perhaps eighteen or something like that, and back then I, I stumbled upon astrology as as a way to understand myself and I had these birth charts and still for me astrology is some kind of mystery. Uh, I I've not really studied the stars and the planets and all that the movements mm -hmm. and how they actually can affect us. Uh, but I but I uh, know now that the human design is uh, incorporates uh, astrology as well um, yeah. in 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 the assessment or the let's um, let's call it prediction or what kind of type you are. Um, yeah. And and on top of that, there's other um, elements uh, like Kabbalah, uh, I, I believe, right, and uh, the I Ching. Mm -hmm. And um, also, there's something special about the the year 2027, isn't there? 
That's right. Yeah. And I believe yeah. you mentioned that in your last uh, episode as well with Nils. Do you want to explain a little bit more about that 2027 and how that, you know, what what's going to happen or? All right. So 2027 is a big change point um, in in the world. So the the energy will shift. So um, the world has a background frequency that is imprinting us, that is conditioning us. And like the, the bigger background frequency, it lasts 400 years. So there are cycles of 400 years. And it started in the early uh, 1600s and it's going to end in 2027. And then we move on to the next uh, stage, the next time. And um, yeah, it's going to bring big changes and it's already happening you know there's always a time before that when things are already moving and breaking apart and we are in that now and then after 2027 yeah it's it's gonna change a lot yeah um so these last 400 years they have names these cycles so okay this was the cross of planning. Um, we were in the cross of planning and this was all about uh, building institutions, about um, taking care of each other, taking care of, of society. Everybody is doing something for each other. And you can see how organized our world is now and how many specializations we have now. So everything is so organized. <laughs> And this is going to break apart. So we're actually going from a very tribal uh, community to a highly individualistic world where kind of everybody's on them on their own, uh, and we um, we cannot we will not be able to rely on systems anymore on mm. on the governments on health insurance all these things. Right. Um, they're all going to fall apart. Um, at least those are the predictions, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you, yeah, if if you look into you know these the the energies, you know the imprints uh, of these two uh, moments uh, of time, you can really understand that. Okay, it's going to be very different. Uh, and, you know, that's one of the reasons why human design came now, you know, because human design teaches you to to be able to take care of yourself and to make your own decisions, not, mm. not to ask advice from other people, not to let other people rule how you should live. No, yeah. really live from your own self, your own intuition, your own authority. Yeah. yeah because it will be needed. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in the the year twenty twenty seven, sorry, twenty twenty seven, is that from a astrological perspective, or is that some of the other uh, texts that is incorporated in the human design? Where where does the twenty twenty seven come in? Yeah, that's that has to do with how uh, the system of human design works. Okay. Um, yeah, I think last. Time I, with Niels, I talked a little bit about the rave mandala, and that's yeah. how you can you can calculate uh, when things are going to happen and how it's going to change, which uh, activations will be present then. Um, so yeah, that's more in the whole human design system in, incorporated. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, there, there's another thing about the, the human design uh, chart that I wanted to ask you about because it relies on your birth date and time and the city that you were born in. Yeah. Uh, and if you compare it to um, in astrology, I believe there's something called a progressive chart or something like that where you take a, a snapshot of where you are today. It's mm -hmm. um is that possible to do in the human design chart? Does it give another picture of you, or is it like only your uh, human design is for getting to know your your own blueprint and not like a like a current state of 
uh, matter. Uh, How do you see that? Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think I understand what you mean. I mm -hmm. think you're talking about transits. Probably. Right? I'm not into astrology, so I don't know the terms. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So um, also human design. It's it's it just explains that we are always conditioned by the movements of the planets. Okay. So and they are always influencing us. So moment by moment, we we feel differently. You know, we, we, we are never our blueprint. That's something really to understand that we are never our, you know, our chart because there's constant conditioning happening. And it can be either by people around us or by the transits of the planets. So if you know the transits day by day, like I'm checking every day, you know, what are the transits in human design? You can understand how, how it can affect your own chart. Okay. You know, for example, if, if you're uh, unemotional in your chart, but that they, uh, it actually um, activates your emotional center, you can experience some emotional waves in that day. So if you understand that, you know that, uh, yeah, you don't have to react to these emotions because they, they will pass. They are not part of you, you know, and don't make decisions out of these emotions that are suddenly present. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. And I, I think now I understand why it's called a strategy in, in, the, uh, in the chart, right? It's called how to respond. In my case, like what kind of strategy I have um that and when knowing that i i can perhaps make wiser decisions and is it i think it's a decision making strategy isn't it yes yes yeah. exactly and you use your authority to the authority is really there to guide you to what you need to decide like uh, what is correct for you mm. and this and the strategy is how you are uh, meeting life in that way and how do you um, create uh, or uh, eliminate resistance uh, from from people or from the world around you so for example if you initiate if you don't respond but you initiate you will create resistance for yourself <laughs> yeah it will just you will hit a wall but if you follow this strategy to respond there will be more flow Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then the authority you use to what do you respond to? So what do you say yes to? You know, right. so those two elements are really the basic things of human design mm -hmm. yeah. and most important. <laughs> right. Um, I also believe that um, well, from what I heard uh, Nils tell about you, uh, you I. You have might have researched human design on a much deeper level um, than just the average, perhaps human design uh, interpreter. Um, would you like to share uh, what kind of information, what kind of research you have done in, into the human design, um, just to understand it a little bit better? Okay, um, so like human design. It, it has the body graph, all the information of the body graph, and there are many, many layers. So we have the basic, uh, you know, information you get with the first reading, for example, the type, your profile, your strategy, authority, uh, some the channels, the gates, those things. Um, in the chart, you also have something. Uh, which is called PHS and rave psychology. So this explains like what is healthy for your body. This is the PHS. So it's talking about the digestive system uh, and which environment is is best for your body to to strive in. Uh, and rave psychology is is talking about how do you process information in your in your mind. Uh, how does your mind work? How does it see? Uh, how does it see the world? Interesting. Um, and also, you will see that. Um, so everybody has gate imprints, but they're actually like layers underneath. So it's not only the gate imprint, but there are all these different nuances that brings a gate alive. 
And so with this, you will really see that everybody is so different. And even though if you have the same imprint, it will just show itself in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, the other part, which is actually my favorite part, <laughs> it's the cosmology part of human right. design. Mm -hmm. And that's really, it talks about the bigger picture, so to say. Oh, that's you then. <laughs> well, I cannot really talk about this in a few minutes, but it talks about uh, how was this, how did this illusion, how was it created, uh, how, right. um, how is it constructed, why are we here, um, how does it all work, how does this Maya work, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's very fascinating to, to, to look at it from a human design point of view, because Human design is a really logical system, which I really love because I'm a logical, I have a logical design. So it's, for me, it just makes so much sense to, uh, and yeah, and to be able to give words to, you know, all these kind of mind blowing information. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. <laughs> and it actually gave me more uh, insights in my own design mm -hmm. in the end, you know, mm -hmm. it makes me more comfortable in who I am and how I live my life. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were to touch upon the, the cosmology, uh, what did you call it, cosmology? Cosmology, yeah. yeah. Um, just just briefly, why do you think that we come to this earth? And I, do you believe in, in uh, reincarnation, for instance? Is that part of your life for you as well? Yeah, so human design talks about that as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, But it, you know, it's in a in a way, it's a very cold. It's a cold mechanism. So it's not about you know having all these beautiful past lives, or um, but it's purely mechanical in a mechanical way. Um, maybe you know we have two this, two crystals in our system. It's the oh. personality crystal and a design crystal. Like uh -huh. we have these two imprints. Okay. Right. Personality design. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The personality crystal is the crystal that gets reincarnated. Oh, oh sorry. Is that on, on the, the body graph, the, the two? Uh, right. Yes. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. exactly. <clears throat> so on each, each side of this human profile, there are like uh, symbols or numbers on left and right hand side. Okay. Exactly. And those exactly. crystals. Yeah, but but don't, don't have all this all right. imagination with it because it's much more complex but we call call them crystals yeah. um so when we die um and we die correctly so there's a whole uh, study about how to die and what happens when we die like the the stages before death uh, and also the stages right after death um so when we die correctly uh, the personality crystal will go back to its bundle, its original bundle, and it has the potential to come back again in another body. So this is the, the reincarnation in human design. Um, so personality crystals are very, very old and uh, they, they've seen more lives, multiple lives. Interesting. And yeah, yeah, but not all. <laughs> Um, I also think in, in the previous recording we did, uh, you mentioned, or at least I read somewhere that um, uh, our blueprint is, how was it, um, before we are born, there's some, some months, something happening before we are born? Yeah, yeah. Is that also related to the personality crystal, or how, how do you see that? So the we have two imprints, so the design and the personality. And the personality imprint happens the moment we are born, and the design it's uh, approximately 88 days before we are mm -hmm. born, um, or 88 degrees of the sun. Um, right. uh, so those are the two imprints. So uh, I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and in terms of um, uh, like more philosophical aspects of, of things that uh, we chose 
where to reincarnate. We chose our parents and these circumstances of our body, our uh, environment and stuff like that. Are, are you a believer of that? Is that how you see it as well? How, how do you perceive it? So uh, human design is a very cold mechanism and explains everything in a cold way. So everything we don't choose. The personality crystal does not choose. It's, it's, uh, it's drawn in. In that moment, a person is born. Um, and it's, it's purely a, a, me yeah, a mechanism. It's, um, we all have a magnetic monopole. Uh, <laughs> this is an, another aspect and the magnetic monopole is, is guiding us in, in life. So when, uh, when the personality crystal is drawn in, it's actually done by the magnetic monopole. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is what's creating life. But it's not a choice. It's not. Uh, um, yeah, it's 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 not this idea. It's it's purely okay. It's chance that this personality crystal and this design crystal come together and it's creating this form, mm -hmm. this human being. Okay. But it's purely chance, and and maybe if you. Uh, yeah, look at it from a different aspect. It is exactly what is meant to happen, you know. So the the, the babies are born with the right parents, you know, uh, in in the right place. Um, but it's chance. It just, yeah, it's a mechanism. <laughs> All, right. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting. Um. There, there was another aspect I also wanted to ask you about because um, you mentioned that you could uh, your experiences on, on psychedelics show you um, that the mind is there always chattering but you don't have to necessarily listen to it or act upon what it says. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how do you can you relate that somehow to uh, the human design? Um, has your experiences, for instance, with psychedelics made you more aware or like uh, confirmed your your body graph, for instance? Could you see any mm. anything there? Um, let me see. Well, I just um, if you uh, give up your authority for, from the mind, you know, the mind is never an authority, but if you put it in your body, you will. Uh, start to see how how you actually are and how, what is aligning with you in which way to act um, so it definitely helped me to to decondition in a way you know the mind is always talking about what you should do according to conditioning um, and by using psychedelics by having psychedelics experiences you can see that you can just literally observe this and uh, when you're just living your life it's not, not always so easy you know and the body reacts immediately <laughs> to what the mind says and makes you tense and makes you want to act upon your mind um but um yeah, if you are starting to see it with with the help of psychedelics, you you can more uh, understand what is correct for your body and how the body operates um, that is aligned to you. All right. Like I would I wouldn't necessarily uh, I I don't see. Um, I, I may, I can almost say that when I'm under psych psychedelics, I actually even move away from my own design. Like, it's not that I feel like, oh, yes, no, I'm a manifestor, splenic, five, no. Everything is gone because I feel really more deeply rooted in, in a pure essence, away from the illusion. Mm. You know, human design, in the end, it's a... Uh, a mechanism that's that's explaining the illusion we live in. Yeah. Uh, 
and actually using psychedelics, it's, it takes you away from that even, you know, from all form. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, is there, um, I, I really, really, perhaps on another uh, episode, try to dive into the, the cosmology part of, of things. Uh, I think it's a very huge topic. Um, <laughs> if, if you want to, uh, at a later point of time, we can dive into it. I'm very curious on that perspective. Um, but for people who want to uh, know more about you and what you offer, um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to uh, know more about the human design? Okay, well, uh, I have a website. Um, it's uh, keytolifehd.com. Um, and I offer readings, personal readings to people. So um, if people are dealing with some things, so like I don't like to give just a, a reading, like a basic reading of all aspects of a chart. Um, I think that can become very boring, at least in my perspective and not useful because you miss out on a lot of information. Mm -hmm. So the way I give my readings is that people really come to me with a certain question or problem. And with this question, I I go into their body graph and I explain how this works for them, uh, how they can deal with this on their own uh, and, and talk about their body graph, go into different things of that okay um yeah and i'm also uh working on some workshops talking about more the cosmology side uh, oh nice and oh. other aspects and why human design can be so beneficial for you in your life so just zooming out of the personal chart but just giving more the yeah the bigger picture of human design wow yeah that sounds very, uh, um, that's called a spiritual, um, like taking a step back. And this is, this is also something I like to do, uh, taking a step because as you, as you also mentioned, human design is a tool. And for me, uh, looking into this tool, I've been looking into Myers-Briggs type indicator and several other types as well, but it's for me, a, a way to understand myself better and the world yeah. around me, right? It's just a tool. It's not yeah. a definition, but it's a guiding star as I see it, right? Exactly, yeah. And also, words are so limited. Yes, it can guide you in some way, but there's so much more beyond. Like, um, you know, you can study every detail of your chart, but if it's the words that you study will never be, uh, it will only be maybe a fraction of yeah. how you actually are. Yeah. And that's the beauty that you really just also let it go and just start to see. Perhaps we can, we can round this off. I wanted to touch a little bit upon um, the, the readings that you do for people. Is that a one-to-one -one reading? Like it's a conversation? Not just one, you know. Yeah. Here's the paper. Go ahead and interpret it yourself. But it it is a no, no, no. Conversation. I, I want the I want the interaction. You yeah. Know, and people can ask me questions. Yeah, I think that's very important. You know, you you can also study that online. But uh, no, no, no. Just to yeah. So the person really has the ability to yeah to to ask things and yeah, that's perfect. Uh, to make it more clear. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, those sessions that you you offer is that a, like a one hour session or what, how does it how, I, how does it work? I, I say I say one and a half, All right. but it, it can even be too long. Uh, it can, but some people can do two hours. It, it depends, you know. It's um, it yeah. It every person again is different. Maybe the question is different. Um, maybe between one and two hours. Also, depending on what, how much people can take, yeah, how much information in one time, yeah. yeah. And your website, uh, do you have information about the workshops that you offer as well on your website? Ah, uh, no, I'm still working on that, so it's okay. 
it's coming. It's coming. Soon, I hope. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Jiska, for uh, having another conversation with us. Thank uh, you too. I, I would like to dive more into the cosmology part of, of things, just to hear more about that kind of worldview that you have um, and how human design has perhaps influenced that worldview you have. So thank you very much, Jiska, for uh, another You're great welcome. episode. Yeah, thank you too. It was very <laughs> nice. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Wow.